welcome to Unnecessary Aches, your local YA tipsy book, 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 book podcast. <laughs> you were doing so strong there. Boots podcast. <laughs> Are we on a boat? Boots podcast. Can we be what? doing this on a boat? Well, boot means boat in German. <laughs> I was thinking booty, but yes. <laughs> I'd rather be on a boat than have a butt. Thank you. <laughs> This sets the tone for where we're going to be tonight. <laughs> yes, this is very, very true. <laughs> Too exhausted oh, and on alcohol 20-somethings. Woo! <laughs> Sunday nights. Why do we record on Sunday nights? I know it's when we both have, like, free time, but God, we're so exhausted it by the end of so the weekend. It is so bad. <laughs> at oh, least I can God. still go to bed at a normal time. I feel so bad for you having to put up with this, Julia. <laughs> I literally shut my laptop and go to bed right after the end of the podcast. I go eat dinner. <laughs> yes. To soak up all the wine I'm drinking, you know. Yes, that is true. Um, but, Julia, how are you doing in life? Because it's been a while since you've done an intro episode. Um, what's going on in your life and what are you drinking tonight? Um, not a whole lot going on. Uh, went out today. Big achievement. <laughs> went to a cafe with some friends, did some, um, classwork, and then we went to get some dinner, which was delicious. Oh, I got yeah, my yeah. haircut recently, so that's a big thing. Um, haven't quite figured out how to style it, which is always difficult. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask if you got your haircut because it definitely looks shorter from the last time. Yeah, it is. It's very short. Um, I have it in a half ponytail right now. But um, I just, I like the cut a lot, but she didn't layer it as much as I'm used to with these sorts of cuts. So I've been, mm. like, it's fine. Like, it really works. I just have to figure out now how I want to kind of style it because yeah. If I don't style it correctly, I look like Karen. So <laughs> no. I have to be careful. But the, like that was the same thing with my last haircut too before I figured out how to style it. So it's just a matter of kind of cracking the code. Um, I have a question. Is this yes. a cultural concept that carries over to Canada? Karen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, but otherwise... I'm trying to think, like, has anything exciting happened in my life recently? Oh, well, I mean, I kind of made the obvious, but Canada is slowly opening up again, so we can actually go to eat food in places Mm -hmm. as long as we have vaccination proof, and apparently I have to apply for a QR code. Like, I can get into some places, but other places you have to have, like, a QR code that the government sends you after they approve your, like, international vaccination card. I don't know. Mm. It's very confusing. So we're getting there. Um, well, oh, I think more I, importantly, since the last time we did an intro episode, if someone skipped all of this savage song, you moved to Canada. <laughs> yes, that is a good point. I am in Canada now. <laughs> I am in the country. Uh, my classes are still online until the end of uh, the month, so February, in case this comes out later. Um, which it probably will, in which case I will be in person for like a month and a half, and then I have to go back to the States. <laughs> so it's kind of rushed, but at least I'm here. I'm getting some stuff in before I have to go back. Um, but we had huge protests uh, around my area, because um, I'm right in the heart of Toronto, um, and there's a lot of anti-mandate 
kind of sentiments going on, like vaccines and um, face coverings no. and stuff. Send so those people was... to the states. We're already used to dealing with them. Well, Canada so that's why I was that drama. I was talking with one of my friends, and she was like, "This feels very American," because people were going around with Canadian flags, like something that Americans do, you know, like super nationalist types when they're at yeah. a protest. I'm thinking of the Capitol riot. Mm-hmm. They went around with their American flags, like. Canadians, as far as I can tell, and, like, from what I was discussing with my Canadian friend, like, they don't go around with Canadian flags at protests all the time. Like, maybe occasionally, but, like, this was, like, everyone had a Canadian flag. They were, like, freedom for Canadians. We don't need the mandates, et cetera, et cetera. And there are people with Trump flags because Trump endorsed the protesters. So it was just, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I no. left the United States and come <laughs> to this. <laughs> you left the United States just to still be trapped in the United yes, States. I did. It's just so awful. Oh, Come God. on, Canada. Ship all the yeah. anti-vaxxers to Alaska. Yeah, I know. They'll fit in there. <laughs> and then they can wander around and it doesn't matter whether or not they're exactly. vaccinated. Because you'll never run into another goddamn soul. Or just push them up into no man's land where like the rest of Canada is in- uninhabited. Go Same form concept, your own area. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. But you don't even have to move country. There you I go. did... Um, speaking of Canada and Alaska, I did actually just read a romance novel-ish, um, about a girl from Toronto who falls in love with a bush pilot in Alaska. Oh my gosh. (laughs) How do people come up with these things? Well, because it probably happens. I don't know. I guess so, but... She, Still, her, her dad was a bush pilot because her mom uh-huh. had done the same thing and like met so him she in a has bar. a very niche understanding of how it worked no she like never spent any time with her dad like her entire life because her mom couldn't oh. handle bush pilot wife life and so moved with her daughter when she was two to toronto back to toronto and wow. she never saw her dad after like being two years old but then she gets a call when she's 26 from her dad's neighbor who says her dad has lung cancer and so she flies to Alaska to his tiny little settlement where he runs his bush pilot, like, operation, um, just to be with him before he dies. And she falls in love with one of his pilots while she's there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like oh reading God. about different scenarios. Plus, I have to read different kinds of romance novels so that I can recommend things that my mom will actually like to read because she always comes to me for romance novel suggestions. And she's much more likely to read a book with a bush pilot in it than uh, a statistician, which are the kind of romance novels I like to read. <laughs> but this one was pretty good. So I actually, I don't knock it. The Simple Wild was actually a pretty good novel if someone's interested. Because it's a lot of other things about, like, family and, like, dealing with the loss of a loved one and, you know, how you sort of move through that. So I thought it was actually pretty interesting. Tangent. I apologize. No, it was a good tangent. <laughs> Wait, what were you drinking? I am drinking a vodka lemon. Yum. Tasty. My favorite. My go-to. How about you? How are you doing? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking first because I will forget otherwise. Um, I am drinking a a Cab Franc from my new wine club membership with a Vogue Winery. So it's a Vogue Winery's Cab Franc. Um, Sponsor us, please. Or just keep sending me wine and I'll pay for it. I'm okay with that too, honestly. (laughs) Um, I'm good. Let's see, life updates since we last did an intro. I still live in California. 
still a parent of a teenager. Life is weird. <laughs> not, to be clear, not your actual kid. <laughs> just I've a gotten, relative. I've gotten a little bit more comfortable, like, just calling her my kid, like, in quick situations. Oh, interesting. Well, so, like, if I call someone, I'm like, I need to schedule an appointment for my kid. Like, it's a lot mm. easier than to be like, I need to schedule an appointment for a minor who lives in my care. Yeah, that is a little weird. Um, But then now everyone thinks I'm her mom. Like, yep. Even people who, I don't give the impression that I'm her caretaker. We walked into Target today, and a guy who was trying to get a petition signed literally pointed at me, and he's like, hey, cool mom, do you want to sign our petition? And I was like, absolutely not. And I just you do not look sign. older than 30. This is so sad. <laughs> oh, it was my fault. I was wearing, I guess, like, I was wearing a boyfriend cut of jean. And they kind of looked like mom jeans, and I was wearing a baseball hat and my mask. And so, because I obviously wear a mask every time I go shopping, so I think because my lower, the lower half of my face was covered oh, and I was wearing yeah. mom jeans, it, he got a vibe, but I was extremely offended. And he's like, sign our petition. Oh and I was like, maybe on the way out. And he's like, do you promise? And I was like, no, no. maybe <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm not signing your homeless petition when you just said I was a mom of this child. Absolutely not. Sorry. The assumptions men make. But I'm getting more used to it. I'm getting, I'm getting myself a little bit more, a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, it's okay. crazy to me because she's, she's literally turning 16 this year. I'm going to have to start teaching her how to drive soon. That's true. The horror. <laughs> no one can see it, but her face is horrified. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Um, but it's fine. It's fine. Let's see what other new, non-as scary things. Um, I didn't go to the dentist at any point during a pandemic, and so now my teeth... Well, not my teeth are fine. My gums are shit, apparently, because I'm a horrible oh. flosser, mm. so I had to pay a bunch of money to do a deep cleaning that wasn't covered by insurance. I did part one last week, and I'm doing part two this week. They got to inject me with a lot of stuff. It sucks and is expensive. I hate it. Uh, Also, I had to get new tires before I go to Disneyland in a couple of weeks. Um, (laughs) So I've just been spending a lot of money. I know. Adulting is so hard. But at least I got my new tires. And I freaked out today because we were driving, and we got to, like, the parking garage. And on the way to the parking garage, my, like light came up on my car and it was like tire like front right tire extremely underinflated. like please check all tires and I was like oh because it's looking at the current tires and matching the tire pressure to the old tires so I just had to go in and like press reset but it took me like 15 minutes to figure out oh my god <sighs> hopefully I did the right thing and I'm not gonna <laughs> blow up my tires on the way to Disneyland but Oh, that sucks. It's fine. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on with me. Just booking a lot of really expensive vacations and spending a lot of money and figuring out how to try to save for the rest of my bonus that I got for year end. <laughs> and trying to drink all the oh, wine boy. that's in my house so I have room for more wine when my wine club box comes in. Fair enough. <laughs> 
Yep. But we're not here today to talk about my wine club, Julia. What are we here today to talk about? We are doing an intro to our fourth, as you aptly put it, focus book. So a full book that we are going through over the next few weeks, um, a few chapters at a time, called The Actual Real Reality of Jennifer James by Jillian Shields. We will just be calling this Taraj, right? Taraj. Yes, Taraj. Great. Otherwise, we will be here all day listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) It is a long book title. Um, So the facts about the book that I have gathered, it was published in 2006, um, which is probably around when I first read it, because um, I remember, I remember exactly where I was where I bought this book too, which is kind of eerie. Like, that's how much I loved this book. (laughs) I was in Montreal at a bookstore. I don't know if it was the McGill bookstore or if it was a bookstore it on the McGill campus or near it, but it was one of those two. So it was like near McGill, went in, I can see the bookstore in my mind. It was this like very open, very bright, sunny bookstore. And I was in the teen section because um, even though I was in sixth grade, I was like, I am so old. I can read teen books. <laughs> um, and yeah, I bought it and I loved it. Anyway, so the YA genre, I was looking it up because like it's, very, I would just kind of call it a realistic young adult book but I was interested to see what Goodreads would call it because it is kind of like on the younger end of a young adult book um because Mm -hmm. of just the format of it in general so they classify it as contemporary young adult or teen or realistic fiction um so I would combine them all and say realistic young adult would probably be the best way of putting it um which we haven't done a realistic young adult book (laughs) So no, because I've been be pushing us in the direction of fantasy hardcore yeah. as much as possible. <laughs> Apologies. Although I will say there are parts of it that are definitely not realistic, but they're not fantasy either. So, <laughs> well, but like I mean, Princess Diaries. There are part many parts yeah, exactly. of that that are not realistic. Oh my god, that's a very good way of putting it. I've been rereading it, and she's fourteen, and like. At a pancake place until two in the morning. I'm like, oh my god. How are these kids all allowed out in the middle of New York City at two in the morning? At least Mia has a bodyguard, but Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think Jennifer James is 15, but I could be wrong. But I think she's okay. around 15 years old. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty young. Not that she's like going out partying at two in the morning. So, <laughs> she's a very introverted person. <laughs> she's not allowed to go party. <laughs> Um, so I thought this was fun. So uh, Jillian Shields, um, Goodreads profile definitely has not been updated in probably like 10 years, <laughs> but I had fun reading it. There's a line in there that goes, my son is really into music, so I enjoy sharing his enthusiasms. At the moment, we were listening to Eminem, Akon, N-Dubs, Chipmunk, Kanye West, plus Green Day, Michael Jackson, the list goes on. My current absolute favorite is Paolo Nutini. She's British, by the way. <laughs> What? Um, I know. <laughs> this is as bad as all of the weird playlists that we were putting together after The Concealed. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I thought that was just funny. Um, but I do want to make a note about this book. It relies heavily on footnotes at the bottom to translate super, super extremely British phrases and just other British-isms. Um, yeah, so if anyone happens to be reading along out there, 
You need the physical copy. Otherwise, the ebook copy is really hard to follow along. The ebook copy doesn't have the footnotes. It does, but they're like asterisks, and then you have to click on the asterisks, and then it brings you to the back of the book, and then you have to search for it like in the list, um, and then you have to go back, hit the back button to go back to your page. So it's not like intuitive at all. It mm. breaks up the reading. With the footnotes on a physical copy, you can just like scroll, scroll. <laughs> God, you just like scan down the page and see it, and then you go back to where you were, so you don't have to do anything else. Some of these don't even seem like Britishism. Some of these just seem like oh, she so it's Britishism and then yeah, teen translations and then there's also like other little things in there that like it's like Jennifer is like kind of commentating on. Um, mm. So it's it's fun. They're really hilarious. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I just opened the book and I see this, which isn't exactly real poetry. Not quite Sylvia Plath, as Professor yeah. Beer would say. And then the thing underneath says, brilliant, doomed, dead. Yep, that's Jennifer. <laughs> Alrighty. She is so dramatic sometimes. <laughs> I mean, those are all fair things to say about Sylvia Plath, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um... So for the description of the book, this is from the sleeve. Uh, this is the diary of Jennifer James. It contains one heroine, Jennifer James, burdened by brains, struggling to release her inner babe. Very relatable. <laughs> one high school, London Road Comprehensive, a no-hope English school in a no-hope English town, which I wrote in here, no-hop English town. <laughs> Same thing. Can't one, hop out. No hope. No. No. <laughs> One prize, a scholarship to the elite St. Willibald's College, Jennifer's idea of capital P paradise, offered to the winner of a tacky reality TV show, Down the Bog. And a thousand complications, like Jocasta, the crazy feminist mother, Tallulah, the blonde rival from hell, Marcus, the guy with green eyes, and above all, the actual real reality, that Jennifer's chances of winning are less than mega zero. And that is the book. <laughs> I feel like that explains absolutely nothing. Yeah, so my own description would be there is a small little town uh, with a very, very small little college, which, by the way, is like high school um, over there. It's not college college. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's London Road Comprehensive, the school. And it's kind of like any, I would say small town sort of school like that's kind of like the school that I grew up in which is probably why I like it so much where you like have some really good teachers you have some really bad teachers you have some really good students you have like the rest of them are like wild and crazy and like out there um I can relate to this as well I know my high school is bigger than yours but it was still small town vibes yeah people were crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and so this a huge production company decides that they want to do a reality show um, for the first time ever on a school. And they're going to have student uh, participants um, that are voted on to, like, participate. And then they get voted off, depending on certain things, every week. Then they have the celebrities, which same thing, the celebrities. uh, But in this case, the celebrities have to teach the students certain things and, like, participate in other activities with the students. And so they also get voted off every week. (laughs) Um... 
and then you have the teachers as well who are uh, competing against each other for a spot to teach at St. Willibald's College. And so they're just doing their job normally, and then the audience votes for them. That's a lot of voting and a lot of complications. Yes, they've never done this TV show before. That is a big thing to note. This is the first time this production company is ever doing this TV show. (laughs) How is the audience supposed to keep up with all of that? Like, you're supposed to vote for students. You're supposed to vote for teachers. You're supposed to vote for for random celebs who are just being allowed to hang out with children. Are they background checked? (laughs) I have many questions. (laughs) I know. It's a little bit wild. Um, there's some stuff in there that's definitely questionable, but they do question it, so I will give them that. <laughs> all right, all right, that's all we can um, ask for. So, I will say that Julian Shields is a mother, so she is concerned about the kids. <laughs> oh, good, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's really the premise of it, and obviously, I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here when I say Jennifer James gets on the show. Um, and so she has to kind of fight for her spot because she, like, really wants this position at St. Willibald's College as a, as a student, not a teacher. But um, she wants the scholarship. Yeah. Uh, so she will do whatever it takes. But she doesn't think she can win. So we have our little underdog. <laughs> we always root for the underdog. Yes. Um, and then I thought that we could go through the cast of characters because there's quite a lot of them that we're introduced to Uh which I don't think I fully got all of the characters down until my second read. Um, they all have their very own special personalities. So, uh, do you have yours up? I do. Just tell me what page I'm going to. It's page X. It's at the very beginning. Oh, literally page X. I thought you were just mm-hmm. like waiting to fill no. it in. Page ten. Roman numeral. Numeral ten. I'm sorry, that's that's an audit thing for me. Like, I literally will just, when I don't know something, I'll just put XXX and then put it in red oh. font and go <laughs> fill it in later. No, 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 no. It's an actual page. I should have said that. Page good. Roman World Time. I'm here. I'm, I'm okay. caught up. We're okay. So, we have the heroine, Jennifer James, which says, most unpopular person, which, by the way, all caps, most unpopular person, well, M-U-P capped, in her class, burdened by brains and her mother. Deep inside Jennifer is a total babe struggling to get out, is in love with Mr. Webster, her teacher, (laughs) should be in love with Marcus Wright. Has Marcus asked her out? No. It's it's a love from afar. Well, it should be love from afar. <laughs> All right, this sounds like Kenny Showalter. Go on. <laughs> so then we have the hero, Marcus Wright. Most go- gorgeous boy on the planet. Irresistible to everyone except Jennifer. <laughs> I love her already. <laughs> don't go for the popular boy, girl. <sighs> except don't also go for the teacher, dear Lord. I know. <laughs> The rival, Tallulah Perkins, bossom on legs, has her claws into markets. Hobby is tormenting Jennifer. Okay, I need to take a step back. Did you just say bossom instead of bosom? Bosom. <laughs> Did. Uh, listen, I don't say bosom every day of my life. Okay, you haven't read The Scarlet Letter enough. I'm going to need you to go back and read The Scarlet Letter a couple I of times. I have never read The Scarlet Letter. Well, you learn how to say bosom. Because it's on every page, like, six times. 
God. Um, now we have. Okay, so what? wait. Tallulah is yes, the rival. Chesty into Marcus and likes to be mean. Got it. Yes. A heroine's best only friend, Vicky Rivera, a mega babe, loyal, truthful, cool. This is not at all biased to take from Jennifer. Then we have <laughs> the location, London Road Comprehensive, Midcaster, rubbish school in rubbish town. No bias at all. Calling it like it is. Nope. Yep. <laughs> then we have the villains, two villains, Storm Young, TV producer with naff ponytail and supersized ego. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of fun words in here for me to say out loud. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to have a new segment of the podcast that is just... So, I don't know if you ever listened to Potterless, the, the podcast that... Um, you told me about it a lot. Yeah. But there's a lot of Britishisms in the Harry Potter books, and so every time he's reading the books and he can't figure out what something is, he does a separate segment where he goes to British correspondent Dottie James, who's like a real person, that's her actual name, but he makes her like edit in a section where she explains the Britishism. Um, I need that. I'm going to need that. Well, we can do it. We'll just, you know, not be lazy like he is and we'll use Google. That's a good idea. Um, so I will, I'm going to look up NAF and get back to you as we okay. go. Okay. Uh, so that's Storm Young. Then we have Miss Maybelline Moody, power crazed deputy head at London Road. We have the TV presenter, Abby Sparks, ultra gorgeous, ultra brainy, ultra nice. Again, not a bias statement at all. <laughs> we have the parent. Mr. Eric James, absent-minded scientist dad with heart of gold. Mrs. Sheila James, a.k.a. Jocasta, serious feminist, serious mother, serious problem to Jennifer. <laughs> we have the teachers. Mr. Orlando Webster, English, groovy poet, thinks he's the Johnny Depp of the classroom, Jennifer's hero. Mrs. Mandy Schumann, Drama, Drop Dead Cool, Totally Wasted in Midcaster. Mr. Potter, History, Disillusioned Teacher with Secret Passion for Camping. <laughs> Mr. Rock, Physical Education and Vile. <laughs> Not to be confused with The Rock. Then we have Mrs. Woolacott, Math, Seriously Glams Up for the Cameras. Mr. Barker, art, has a, has a thing about punctuality. Mrs. Stringer, biology, withered up old stick. Wow. Mrs. Clegg, no, Mrs. Clegg, geography, ditzy blonde type. Mr. Bill Smedley, head of London Road Comprehensive, never turns up for school. Okay. And my favorite section. I found section. NAF. Oh, NAF means, yeah, so NAF is like a verb, means go away. <laughs> So I have a feeling uh, naff ponytail means like a really high, tight ponytail mm. that is supposed to be intimidating. Got it. Okay. So mm -hmm. creepy ponytail. Yep. Um, my favorite section is the celebrities. We get Celia Bunch, TV cook, the nation's darling, never ha lets her puddings flop. Professor Barbara Beer, one of those sneery intellectual types. Carrie Chaplin, lifestyle guru to the rich and famous. You know, crystals and horoscopes and stuff. Seth Dale, 
TV soap star, wannabe pop star, world's worst singer, <laughs> Sir Harvey Harvey, Olympic hero, possibly the last old-style British gent left, Lady Amelia Itchpole, no useful occupation apart from being mega rich, Amanda Knox, glamour model, big on page three, which is a tacky lingerie shot shoots in tacky newspapers, short on brain cells. I feel like that's a really poor name choice thinking about what came out in the news a couple years after this. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, she can predict that. I don't think Amanda Knox lasts long on this show, so. Okay, Julian, good. Julian Lambrusco, I cannot say that last name. Llewellyn. Uh, Llewellyn. <laughs> I've learned Thank a lot you. of Welsh after yeah. reading The Raven wow. Voice. <laughs> I think I just glazed over it. I was like, sure. <laughs> Makeover Maestro, all style and no substance. Jeremy Lurcher, a member of Her Majesty's government before being detained at Her Majesty's pleasure, chucked into prison for dodgy dealings. <laughs> Freddie McCrum, please refer to Lady Amelia Itchpole, only mega stupid as well as mega rich. Nazar McNally, a verbally challenged ex-footballer, and Augie Ogden, a living legend, the granddaddy of rock. Okay, I need to go back. Sounds a lot like Ozzy Osbourne. I need, yes, but I need to go back to someone whose first name is Nazar. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like N-A-Z-I-R, like Nazir, like a Middle Eastern or Indian name, but... N-A-Z-Z-E-R with the last name McNally? That doesn't seem right. I know. That doesn't check out. Okay. Well, I'm going to have also... so many pop culture references just for these people. I, I, that's what I'm telling you. Um, I think they're she, gonna... she might have based them off of a lot of people at the time who were popular mm-hmm. in media. Um, I just don't know them all. Like, Augie Ogden's obvious. Like, that's Ozzy Osbourne. Right. Um, and then I think the TV presenter was, uh, oh my gosh, Abby Sparks. There was this TV presenter, uh, Chung, Alexa Chung. I think she reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of her. So you can okay. kind of get a lot of similarities, but then you also get, you know, other ones that are similar too. But I feel like it's going to be interesting because we're not going to be having, like, book pop culture references necessarily. Yeah. We're going to be having, like, legit pop culture, culture which neither of us pay much attention to so it'll be our knowledge of pop culture from like 2006 because um you know the one where you were talking about the crystals and the horoscopes and stuff who's that carrie chaplin all i could think about was um the what is his name? spencer from the hills and like his obsession with crystals <laughs> We're going to go way back. (laughs) That was 2006, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that might have even been before 2006. No, Laguna Beach was before 2006. Okay, and then the hills came. That's true. Man. (laughs) I'm going to get some deep cuts in here. Most anyone who's a teenager that's listening to our podcast is going to have no idea what I'm talking about. As evidenced by the fact that anytime I try to make these pop culture references now, Skyla looks at me so confused. (laughs) We're going to culture people. (laughs) Yes. It's what I set out to do every day. (laughs) Um, So the student contestants... 
we get, not to be forgotten, <laughs> to the celebrities, because <laughs> they are fun. Uh, we have Alice Redknapp, gets angry and cries a lot, chances of winning, C-O-W, as Jennifer calls it. Not all that good somehow. <laughs> then we have Dwight Thingamabob, which I think is just a stand-in name, because Jennifer doesn't know. Gangster rap. I know. Gangster rap, dude. Chances of winning rating. He's cool, in it. So what? <laughs> Translation, no, no chances. Jennifer James, our heroine. <laughs> chances of winning rating less than mega zero. She put herself in there twice, by the way. <laughs> She's Julie, very important. I know. Julie, again, a ridiculously long last name. Postal Dwight probably said that wrong role model for plump girls a chances of weight chances of winning rating slender i think you said that perfectly julia thank you thank you (laughs) i tried little ollie cotton nice kid brother type chances of winning rating uh wouldn't it be sweet if you won (laughs) then we have maddie and maddie so matty and maddie mega identical twin sisters chances of winning rating double or nothing I'm sorry, I need to pause there again. (laughs) Their parents are assholes. I know. Who does that? You might know what reminds me of Peach and Pear from, um... uh, But at least those are two different words. I know. know. Because, like, have you heard British people? Maddie and Maddie. Like, you're not going to be able to tell them apart. Maddie and Maddie. (laughs) That's cruel cruel they will never have a sense of self-identity horrible i'm sorry i just that really bothers me this book is like a huge satirical piece so i do like peach and pear though we'll have to bring them up at a later date i know amazing (laughs) rabbit teeth boy dentally challenged weirdo kid no name by the way Chances of winning rating, not a hope in hell unless his mother votes for him like a million times. This reminds me of early on Princess Diaries when Princess Mia is like trying to figure out, we just finished reading um, the second book. I don't remember what it's called. I just, I know I just finished it, but we just finished reading it. And she's trying to figure out who Josie Rocks, her secret admirer (laughs) is. And she's like so convinced. She's like, I want it to be Michael so bad. But it's probably not Michael. It's probably that weird guy who puts corn in his, who <laughs> picks the corn out of the chili in the cafeteria. Oh and she's like, no idea who he is and like thinks he's so weird and so strange. Yeah. And that's all she ever refers to him as until she starts dating him in book eight. Fucking Oh hell. my god. Sorry. But that's what See, that reminds gonna, me of. We're gonna have so many. It's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Serena Dickinson, the perfect girl, chances of winning rating, rating, a super hot favorite. Sophie Simpson, all it says is who. <laughs> Tallulah Perkins, you know who, chances of winning rating, what a cow. <laughs> Will, the mohawk guy, guy with guitar, chances of winning rating, in with a chance. And finally, the goat, um, well, kind of a goat, actually. And that is the cast of characters. Yeah, wow. I'm going to have so many pop culture I things. know. I'm going to go crazy. 
And that's not even talking about, like, they put them into, like, different activities and different scenarios. Like, there's one that alludes to camping. There's a reason for that. So, you're going to have a lot. I'm going to have so much fun with this. You are. <laughs> um, so, let's get into the impressions. What are your first impressions of the book? Um, so, my first impressions are this maybe completely unfounded but I feel like this book is going to give me all of the things I wanted Aang songs and perfect snogging to give me where it didn't yes. deliver oh my god that's, like, I haven't even thought about that book in so long I I read it when I was in middle school maybe high school but probably middle school <laughs> um and watched the movie and like literally forgot about it since then but when we were when you were originally talking about just like what the book is and like giving a brief description all I could think about was like Angus Long's Perfect Oh my god I need to go back maybe not reread it but I want to go back and watch it again just Ooh, for this book We could do like a Netflix party or Amazon Prime watch <gasps> yes. it together I would love and that. watch it and then we'd have all our pop culture references for that particular book ready to go in that's advance so true this. okay i'm down oh i want to <laughs> do that let's do that and we have popcorn and pretend that we're watching in a movie theater also wine and wine that's that's important but they also have that in movie theaters now so it's not that weird <laughs> true we'll just have better wine than most movie theaters and offer. less expensive wine like $20 a glass? Oh, my God. Absolutely No, insane. seriously. I can actually get, in my local movie theater, I can get, like, a Jack and Coke for, like, eight bucks. Oh, that's not bad. It's not that bad. And that's I good. Don't, I like a Jack but, and Coke. Yeah. And you can do it with the Coke Icy, so you can get it, like, blended. Mm. It's pretty good. That's nice. Yeah. Um, unrelated. But, anyway, <laughs> so that's my first thought, is I feel like it's going to deliver the things that Angus Songs and Perfect Snogging didn't. And I'm excited because I like the idea of having sort of the reality TV overlay to provide more plot interference. Because I think a lot of the times, especially reading YA lately, not to hate on this kind of YA because it has its place and it works for kids and teens and I'm glad that they have this. I just don't gravitate towards it anymore. Just like straight contemporary YA where like girl is interested Mm -hmm. in boy and like that's it. And I'm like, cool, I don't care. Like, give me some magic, give me something weird, make someone a princess unexpectedly, then maybe <laughs> I'll get into it. That's why I haven't given up on Princess Diaries. So I think having that reality TV overlay will be really helpful in keeping me engaged in the story um, in a way that I s- struggle to stay engaged in contemporary YA a lot of the time. And I love British Cheek. And banter. Like, I, I'm i obsessed with it. So I'm really excited to get into that um, and get more just, like, insight into British culture. And I will say, like, if we need it, I have a whole host of people in London that I can ask questions. True. That would be fun. If we need. Um, if we really need translations. If we really need translations, I am actually, the project I'm working on this quarter is being led out of London. Now, do I want to ask my male... That's the question. My male lead, who's like five years older than me, 
how to define some of these terms. Maybe not. So I may just wait until my British friend who lives in Singapore logs on like late at night and I'll ask her. That's a good idea. Jennifer does do a pretty good job of explaining or translating some of these. So hopefully we shall cover most of it. But yeah, we might need some help. Fingers crossed. But even just to get a sense, like, why not? You know, British people have weird ways of communicating things. And I'm, I love it. I'm so excited to dive into it. And I'm, I'm also very excited that, like, we're finally breaking out of fantasy in something that we're talking about. Like, obviously, I read things that aren't fantasy, but it's nice to be able to talk about something quasi-contemporary with you, especially after I've been, like, reading the Princess Diary books with Skyla. So I have a lot of pop culture references ready to go, (laughs) Um, locked and loaded, like, very excited about it, um, especially for reality TV. And... Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited particularly about the reality TV aspect of it because, as you know, I'm kind of a whore for the Bachelor franchise. True. I hate it about myself, but <laughs> I can't quite disconnect. Even though the season is absolute shit, I'm watching every episode. <laughs> I'm the worst. I get it. Um, but I'm excited because I've only ever read reality tv sort of like themed books from an adult perspective so like for example one of my favorite romances of all time is called one to watch by kate stamen london um if people haven't checked it out and you are 18 and older um you are incorrect and you must read this book it's amazing it's fat positive it just it basically it imagines the idea of if a a fat woman became the lead of The Bachelorette. And it's absolutely stellar. And one of the main love interests on the show is from Julia's hometown. So, best book ever written. Did Have you read it yet, Julia? <laughs> no, it is on my list, though. I should read it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll read it, like, soon, because I, I do need some easy reading, relaxing reading. I wouldn't say it's always relaxing, but I do, like, there's a well, French compared Cana- to other books that we read. <laughs> True. But there's a French Canadian and a person from Middlebury. So, like, I really recommend you read it. And then you may have some good mm-hmm. pop culture references if it's fresh when we're reading this, because reality TV ties. That is true. It's, so, like, talks about production, like, production getting involved. Um, and that's the other thing I really like about reading books and what I'm hoping for in this book is that we kind of get that behind the scenes with the students engaging with production and like what things look like on reality TV behind the scenes because I always find that really interesting. How things are actually produced, how scripted things are versus how natural they get to be. When they tell people that they have to do certain things and they're like, wait, I thought we were supposed to be natural. And they're like, no, no, we're completely rigging this entire thing. So I'm interested to see how much of that actually exists here versus how much of it is like freeform competition. Um, I'm a little concerned with the three layers of competition that are going on. There's a lot going on. Seems a bit much for us to track, especially in a YA book, but I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see how it goes. I did have a question for you. Mm-hmm. 
So, on at least on my cover, on the very front, underneath where it says the actual real, actual real reality of Jennifer James, it says a reality TV novel, as if this is a series. But I couldn't see anything on Jillian Shields' Goodreads profile that indicated this was a series. It's what not. Is, I don't. I don't know why that's there. It's not a series, though. So there's no other reality TV novels written by other people. It's just a thing that she put on here, and then she was like, "Yeah, eh, I'm bored." I mean, I could be wrong, but because I haven't like really done my research, but like I don't think that it's part of any sort of like series. I think it's just like a description, like it's about a reality show. Do British people do that? Because that only indicates a series. Like I don't know. I'm picturing, you know, like the old Mary Kate and Ashley mysteries where they had that little thing. (laughs) I know. Okay, well, that's kind of a bummer. I was kind of excited to get to read some sequels. I know I haven't read the book yet, but I'm... I love British teen banter, so I'm very excited. I'm also wondering, um, because I finished, recently finished season one of Too Hot to Handle, and there are a lot of British people on that season, and so I'm wondering if I'm going to have some, like, reality TV connections to that, just because of the British slang. I hope not. True. But we'll see. I learned a lot about British British culture. How was the British slang and British culture has also probably changed since 2006, so we'll see what's stayed the same and what has evolved. <laughs> well, it was just really, it was really funny to see certain things on that show because there's this one girl, Chloe, in season one, who's like super, so British, like so, so British, and she was like, oh, well, I can only like vibe with a guy if I have a lot of banter with him, and everyone's like, what does that mean? Like, all of the Americans on the show are like, we get the concept of, like, the word banter, but what do you mean by banter, Chloe? And she's like, uh, like, well, we need to be able to, like, make fun of one another and have it feel natural. And I was like, okay, all right, that's a weird thing to look for in a relationship, but sure. And then, apparently, British people have a completely different meaning for the word geezer than we do. Hmm. So, a geezer in Britain is someone who's, like, confident and sure of themselves and, like, has an air about them that everyone's just, like, attracted to. Meanwhile, in American English, a geezer is an old man who you avoid. Yeah. So. Wow. We'll see. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun facts that I learned from a very uncomfortable Netflix show. <laughs> Not appropriate for this podcast. Um, any, uh, I think that was pretty much it. Sorry, that was very rambly. Okay. Um, anything else? Or? (laughs) No, I'm really, I'm just really interested in, like, the production aspect of, because I know you also put in here, like, things you're interested in exploring, and I think just, like, I really love reading about the production aspect of reality TV, if it's ever in a fiction novel, and, like, how producers interact with the, the characters, so I think that's the thing I'm most excited to dig into. I care less about the teen angst. I know we do a YA podcast about angst, but, like, I care less <laughs> about it, um, I guess maybe I'm interested to see 
a little bit more about, like, her relationship with her mom, since it seems to be kind of strained. And so, like, that could be interesting to explore and see if I can learn anything for my own life. From the mom's yeah. point of view. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. What about you, Julia? Why did you pick this book for us? It is one of my favorite all-time books. It's, like, one of those books that I go to for comfort because um, I know it, so I can just kind of skim through it. Mm-hmm. I haven't, though, really read it full, you know, front to back in a long time because I usually skip through the parts that I'm like, oh, like, this isn't, like, that exciting. Um, so I'm excited to reread it and kind of analyze it in a way, because I'm also wondering from someone else's perspective, since I read it when I was so young and I loved it from such a young age, I'm like, is it actually that good of a book or am I like, was it just like that point in my life where I just really needed a book like this? Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of stayed with me up until now. And like, it's one of those books where I just kept reading it through the years. So I, I'm used to it. And so it holds good memories. Yeah. So from someone else's perspective, it's going to be fun to see, like, is it actually a good book or is it, like, another Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging? Like, that'll be interesting. Because I like it a lot. And, like, I can make arguments for it all the time. But I'm biased. So hard to tell. Um, but Jennifer is also just, like, such a, you know, introverted, smart, she struggles sometimes because she thinks she's like a little bit smarter than people um she's such a like interesting character for a young adult book because she's a little bit more I think fleshed out than you would normally see for a contemporary kind of young adult book so she has a lot of issues of her own that she kind of has to she's basically at that point of her life where she's trying to find her identity um so it's interesting to read through that because I feel like especially when I read it at that age that I was at Mm -hmm. I was going through the same thing so it was very relatable um I just think she's a fun character very very comical as well which is why I like it so much is the comedy is so good (laughs) like the banter all of that I think it delivers on that really well I will say to your point about the production aspect I don't know how much it kind of like the producers are definitely heavily involved um, we have to remember this is being told from Jennifer's point of view in a diary style. So mm-hmm. she's going to focus on the things that she thinks are important. So not necessarily the production, but does that mean the production is not important to the story? It's very important to the story, but we're not going to probably see that. They're the villains. So, they're always the villains. <laughs> so uh, oh, some interesting you, things going on. I'm telling you, you need to read one to watch production being the villains gets taken to a whole new level oh God. in that book okay I, I will read it um but yeah they as she rightly puts them in that category she they are the villains um so yeah <laughs> um i just love the activities that they go through it's so fun and then all of the, not all of the chapters, and they're not really chapters either, but the different sections are interspersed with uh, news clippings from like gossip tabloids and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is really fun to read between Jennifer's diary <laughs> entries. Um, there is definitely teen angst, uh, which at the time, of course, I loved. There's also, I think, 
because it was written in 2006 since then i think the YA genre has like focused a little bit more on like feminism and like we can't you know pit women against women uh so this definitely has some like women against women sort of thing like we got that with Tallulah but like i don't think it's to a really bad point like it's this it's the sort of relatable high school thing where like you are gonna have that female bully who female bullies tension. other females there's exactly. always girl tension in high school exactly. you cannot avoid it yeah so even though it's like a no-no nowadays i think it's done well in a way that it feels very realistic um, well i think the challenge is like yes it's a no-no nowadays it's always been a no-no we should not yes. be pitting women yep. against women but as teens figure out their hormones and figure out who they are and who they want to be, they bring people down with them. That's just the mm-hmm. nature of the game um, in being a teen and figuring yourself out. And you will always have girls attacking other girls in high school. I don't think yep. we're ever going to be able to get rid of that because no, it's an intrinsic part of growing up. And as they learn from those experiences, then they realize, wait, we shouldn't do that to one another and that's part of becoming an adult right is learning how to treat people with respect um so yeah yeah uh i have a question for you yes because i know you said that it's kind of like a comfort book for you a book you always turn to Mm -hmm. time and time again another contemporary YA book that we both love is Princess Diaries. Yes. So, in comparison to Princess Diaries, where does this rank? Is this higher on your list or lower on your list than Princess Diaries? I think it's higher in terms of readability. I think that it's pretty even in terms of entertainment um, for me for Princess Diaries, but I think in terms of readability, it's higher because I can just pick it up and read through it versus mm-hmm. Princess Diaries. Like, if I'm going to be rereading Princess Diaries, I feel like I have to, like, reread the whole thing and, like, really commit to, like, reading or, like, picking the books that I want to reread. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of a commitment in some ways. Because, um, like, if I start one book, like, even if it's in the middle of the series, I'm going to inevitably end up reading the rest of the books because <laughs> I want to finish the storyline. Right. Um, so this is just, like, a one-off kind of thing. Like, I just read it and I'm done. So, yeah. The reason I ask is because that, and when I think of, like, the YA contemporaries that I pick up over and over again, it's Princess Diaries, but it's always book 10 in the series, mm. right? Because Book so, of Royal yeah. Wedding is, like, completely separate. We don't think about that as part <laughs> of the main series. No. But, like, I always pick up book 10, and I always go right to the end when Mia, like, fully realizes who she is as a person, figures out all of her relationship stuff. No spoilers for Princess Diaries, but, like, um... <laughs> I go to that time and time again if I need comfort um, at any point in time. Just, like, those 10, 15 pages that are the end of that book, and that's what brings me the most joy. So I'm really intrigued as we go through this book to see, now that I'm starting this book as an adult rather than as a teen, if I can sort of almost generate that same nostalgic value that you have for it that I have for Princess Diaries. Because that was so much my comfort series when we were that age, you know? Yeah. Um, also, we're going to have 900 and a million pop culture references or Princess Diaries, I'm sure. We are. <laughs> I might reread I some just to, just to get some more. Well, I've reread one and two recently, so I'm, I'm sure Skyla and I will keep going <laughs> over it. <laughs> we'll see what she wants to read next. I told her she needs to pick our, our next book soon. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. 
um, I chose it and why I'm interested in rereading it. I'm excited. I'm I'm so excited for you to read it. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> I feel like it's a book that I've kind of only ever kept to myself. Like I've never given it to other people to read. Like in like you know grade school you'd swap books with friends and stuff i never gave it to anyone for some reason i think because i was so worried they wouldn't give it back and like it's hard to get i bought it in montreal and i don't think i could get it in the united states at that that point so right i had to buy a used library copy yeah to get my hands on it so yeah it's a very like (laughs) niche book (laughs) not not niche like (laughs) under the radar (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how many uh, streams we get on these podcast I episodes. Know, I know. Well, if there are any, like, librarian types, it's a good book to add to your library. Kids will like it. They'll learn a lot about mm-hmm. British stuff, and it's probably better than Angus Long's Imperfect Snuggery. Oh, my God, yeah. And doesn't have as much of a just, like, off-putting title. I know. Yeah, that's also, like, a very, that was a very kind of, it's not a sexual book, but, like, yes, at that is. point where we read it, it was very sexual. For 13-year-olds, it's a yeah, very sexual book. Well, 13-year-olds when we were 13. Nowadays. It, yeah. Maybe who not. Knows? <laughs> I don't know what kids yeah. are up to these days. Jesus. But it was very sexual when we were that age. It was, like, way, yes. way too much. I couldn't even imagine, like, wearing thongs when I first saw that I movie. know. I know. Me neither. My mother would have murdered me. <laughs> My mom eventually let me do it, but it's because I, like, had, like, pencil skirts that I had to wear for FBLA. And you need them then. Yeah, And you need sense. them then. Um, if there's any men listening to this podcast... Women's clothing will not understand the struggle. Well, I was was going to try to explain like (laughs) women's clothing is designed in a way to be awful. So we, if we want to wear anything that remotely has a hug to our curves, including our backside on it, we have to wear thongs because otherwise our underwear lines show. Because women's clothing designs are the worst. Bra lines, too. Like, I have a photo of me getting my honors medal from my undergrad, and it's awful because you can see my, I'm, like, leaning over, and it's a tight-fitting t-shirt because it was the only thing that went with my pencil skirt. I looked good, though. It wasn't, like, a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm leaning over, and, like, you can see my bra line. I was like, oh, God. I know. It's the worst. That's why every time I wear a pencil skirt, I wear, like, a flowy shirt, and if it's, like, mm. light-colored, I wear a tank top underneath it. That's a good idea. So you can't see my bra line. But that has anyway, to do. <laughs> we're now giving fashion tips. I am not qualified to give fashion tips. You maybe are. You're more nah, fashionable than I am. I, not really. I like clothing, but I'm not qualified to give fashion tips. Like, I know what works for me, but that's about it. Well, you just have better fashion sense than I do. But you like cozy fashion. Like, I'm not good at cozy fashion. <laughs> Do you know what I wear most of the week? A Sailor Moon cut-off sweatshirt and black (laughs) leggings. Cozy fashion. Yeah, I shop at Hot Topic. Do not get fashion (laughs) advice from me. I'm 26 and I shop at Hot Topic. That should tell you all you need to know about You are single-handedly keeping Hot Topic alive. I hope not. I go there once a year and buy, like, two articles of clothing. Oh, my God. No, I keep White House Black Market alive. That's where I buy most of my work clothes and stuff. That's true. Yeah. 
Speaking of, if anyone needs uh, good fashion choices that's just, like, staple pieces, go to White House Black Market. They got some good stuff. You're very unbiased with that. It's not I don't work there work anymore. There. They don't pay me anymore. <laughs> they should pay I just, you. They should, I know. But, like, I... <laughs> I just, when I worked there, I tried on a bunch of clothes all the time, was constantly, like, in and out of the changing rooms, making outfits, <laughs> and I love their clothes. I just, they fit really well, they're very comfortable, and you don't feel like you're going seven sizes up to try to fit into clothes, and that's very yeah. important to me, because I'm, like, curvy, and... I like being where I'm supposed to be at, like, a size 8 to 10 and not feeling like I need to fit into an extra, extra large because I am not an extra, extra large. Yep. I'm going to have to edit all of this out. Yes, you are. (laughs) Anyways. Anyway, we're excited We're very excited for this book. It's going to be a really fun, probably pretty quick read, I think, for us. Yes, it's going to be, like, the chapters I outlined for us, I think it's only a few weeks, so it should be very fast. It reads fast. It'll flow fast. So, yeah. And then we can get back to Kate in August and Carden and Jude. (laughs) My babies. Oh, yes. (laughs) But this will be very fun, too. Jennifer and Marcus. Mm -hmm. Even though she doesn't like him, supposedly. I have a feeling that's going to (laughs) change. Well, he is the hero, so. Small feeling. (laughs) That doesn't give away at all. Um, Not one bit. (laughs) So we're reading for next week. uh, Again, the sections are weird. It goes by date. So we're reading the section that starts August 31st to September 5th. And we're reading the section September 6th through 12th. Yeah, I'm probably just going to write this as August 31st to September 12th. September 12th. Yeah, that probably is the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. And uh, to keep up to date with us as we read along with this book, you can follow us on social media. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Unnecessary Angst Pod, on Twitter at unangstpod and you can also email us to talk about this book or other books that we've read or books in general or just to chat we're around um you can email us at unnecessaryangstpod at gmail.com and with that we are gonna let you all go and go get some sleep um and hope everyone has a really good week talk to you soon bye, bye.